Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hello and welcome to Why Are You Like This, a podcast devoted to finding out who we are and why we do the things we do. I'm your host, Ryan Andrews, and today's guest is a master of crying on camera, a genuinely nice person with a love for glee, fresh off their sold out show, External Validation. Please welcome to the mic, comedian and heartthrob, Vincent Ward. Ah, thank you so much. I've never been called a heartthrob. That's going to go right to my head. Good. That's the point. Perfect. Thank you so much. So you did tell me right before this that you had a crazy Broadway headline that I need to hear. Yes, we're just going to jump straight into something unrelated to either of us because it I need to hear this now. blew my mind. So this is this is the headline. <laughs> Andrew Lloyd Webber and Malala will co-host West End Cinderella gala performance. What? Oh my God, our real life Cinderella. Is it cool to call Malala our real life Cinderella? I also called her kind of an OG girl boss. She is. And she is. She is. Yeah. Girl bossing as a concept didn't really exist until she came to the scene. And we're like, okay, so this is making sense now. This is this is aspirational. This is yes. girl bossing. And now she's taking it to the new girl boss on the on the scene, Andrew Lloyd Webber, just DJing around town. Amazing. Does this mean that Malala is like inherently a fan of Broadway? What do you think her favorite show is? Oh my gosh. Well, she definitely likes cats. For oh, sure. Oh, for sure. I have a hot take. I feel mm. like, because her mind, she's all about, like, progressive ideas and being good to people. I mm. unfortunately think she really loves Dear Van Hansen. <laughs> and I don't know why. I feel like she's like, you just don't, and anyone who's like, I don't get it, I don't like it. She's like, just, just, you have to understand. You have to understand. It's really good. And as a fellow Dear Van Hansen fan myself. You know, you like to see yourself in the celebrities that are on the scene like Thank Malala. You. yeah exactly exactly which we are very like but we don't have to get into that today we don't have to get into that today <laughs> how are you babe i am so good i'm so good i just wrapped up probably the biggest show i've ever had the honor to do and and i'm not tired i thought i'd want to like not hear the word comedy for like a week but i'm kind of like let's get back in it let's get back into it but for my own sake after this is after we wrap this up, I'm gonna sleep for probably eight hours. Mm-hmm. Um, watch every TV show people have been talking about for the last year. <laughs> Maybe watch Dune, even though I don't care. It'll just be fun to be part of the culture. 
The movie about sand. The movie about sand. And sand in Zendaya, which is so crazy. My two favorite things. So when I found out <laughs> when I found out they're making a movie about it, I was like, oh fuck, no way. So Oh fuck. Well, sand and Zendaya. Sand and I was they, they announced dude, and I was like, crazy. Then they announced Zendaya. I literally threw my phone across the room. She has literally not flopped. She has, she hasn't, and I'm waiting for her to, and she just refuses. She says, no, I'm actually very talented. All of those Disney kids, I mean, like, I'm sure they got some collective trauma, but the training they get, it's better than a BFA, let me tell you. Absolutely, absolutely. Miley Cyrus has some of the best music ever. Mm-hmm. Demi Lovato, you know, they've been in the headlines for being a little bit of a, you know, sometimes people say they're mean. It doesn't matter. One of the best voices we have are their lyrics always prolific? Probably not. Doesn't have to be. Doesn't have to be. Um, Tell Me You Love Me. Mm-hmm. Is that the one? Yep. Um, I don't know if you've listened all the way. So, so good. Oh, yes. It was my it was my favorite of the Demi, the Demi Collective. Yes, yes, yes. And there's no skips. No skips. No skips. <laughs> Perfection. Demi, Ashley Tisdale. I'll never forget the Kiss the Girl. Cover, oh. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, throw la, it in la, there. la, 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 la. <laughs> Like, la, 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 so good. And then there's, who else? Selena Gomez. Famous. Um, Probably going to get an Amy nom for Only Murderers in the Building, I've heard. She was great. It's on your list of things to watch that everyone has been talking about. Yeah, that's probably yes. number one. I think it's that, um, Dune. Mm-hmm. I watched Mayor of Easttown. I had, like, this wicked fucking, like, breakdown, like, a few weeks ago where I was like, I, I can't do anything. I don't want to talk to anyone. Locked myself in my room, and I watched that show in one day and it was absolutely everything i needed it <laughs> I, i've never heard of mayor of Easttown being used as a depression coping tactic but i fucking love it it will it's you know it's some it's so melodramatic that you're like oh mm-hmm. i'm seen my existence is seen in this show i feel wanted and needed in this world because of mayor and her ability to you know Save lives. Exactly. And when, oh, I was actually, I was going to spoil the show, but it's not worth it. I'll, I encourage the listeners to go catch the show. Then DM me your thoughts and I'll spoil it. First, first plug, Mayor of Easttown. Now first on plug, HBO Max. HBO Max. <laughs> um, I just signed on to season two to be Easttown. But you are one. the whole of Easttown. Um. <laughs> not, and not the entire of Easttown, if you know what I mean. Ayo. Ayo. Um, Vincent. Um, just guessing off of you using the term wicked breakdown are you from the northeast uh no actually i'm this is my cross to bear i'm from florida Whoa. i know i know we don't have to talk about that or impact that um i'm from a wonderful town called saint augustine but around my senior year in high school um my wonderful roommate and uh life partner Mm-hmm. Danielle Dubois, I don't know why I gave her full name, um, <laughs> um, owns a restaurant in uh, Maine, Southwest Harbor. So it's been my summers there. It's a restaurant called The Upper Deck. Go check it out. Give them my love. Um, so it's been my summers there. And wicked is just such a beautiful word. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so appropriate to add emphasis to a word that I just, it stuck. It makes sense why you love sand being from Florida. Famously yes. sandy place. Famously Sandy and Zendaya. No connection there, but I just had to bring her, I just had to bring her up again. I missed I missed talking about her. Wicked is a great term. So I uh my family is from Rhode Island. I grew up in Oregon. Oh. But 
aunts, uncles, cousins, all in Rhode Island. So a lot of you know, wicked being thrown around and not in the musical way. Are you like king of the East Coast? That's primarily where you stayed. Um, I so I grew up in Oregon. We moved there when I was five. Um, so I only really saw Rhode Island like on family trips a lot, and mm-hmm. then I moved out to New York seven years ago. Oh, and congratulations! So now thank you, thank you. Um, I am now a seven-year-old. I can read. Congratulations! Right? Math is hard, but apparently they changed math, so none of us know math anymore. Yeah, no worries, no worries. Can you do division, or is that something that you're waiting to tackle? I'm picking up on that in third grade, I think. Um, okay. But I know that if I have one cookie and George wants half my cookie, um, he's going to bully me for the full cookie. Uh, yes. Okay. So you understand yeah. the concept of hate crimes. Cool, yeah. Cool, cool. <laughs> Which is they in Florida, they didn't teach us till fifth grade. But oh, yeah. were you in New York for the pandemic? I was. I stayed. Oh, um, wow. I was famously ahead of the curve of the like go home to your parents' house vibes. I... Um, had a fun little mental breakdown where I gave away all my money through one of those telephone scams and uh, no. went home <laughs> to figure that out in 2019. And then I moved back here fresh as a daisy, ready to conquer the comedy scene, finally do my thing. And, and you are. Thanks, babe. You are, by the way. I met you for the first time when you fucking killed it at Birth of Venus. Yes. That you I, killed it, killed it. Every time I've seen you, which is twice in a mic, it's not like a million times, you make me feel so safe and comforted and like <laughs> you are genuinely a hilarious person and you do that so i think that's just like a gift that i want to let you yeah. know that i'm sure i'm not the only one who feels that no, that's how i describe you to people i was Aww. like i was that i last time i saw you was at i think another birth of venus another birth yeah. of venus it was my first time ever like getting up since going sober and like doing comedy so i was so anxious and like seeing you there and having that like conversation and having a dialogue that like kept me not focused on the comedy was like fucking everything. So you're a sweetheart. No, you're the sweetheart. No, you're nice. No, you're nice. Um, we do it for a full hour. Welcome to the episode. Yes, please, please, please. You're gonna give a little sound clip. It's just gonna be no. You're nice. No, you're nice. No, you're nice. Use that. Use what we just said as a sound clip. As a whole clip. Look, and yeah. he does marketing too. God, what a blessing. I know. I know. I'm crazy. What a blessing. <laughs> Have you done any comedy like the last like? few weeks like what have you been up to what the hell have you been up to what have i been up to i am taking a characters class and doing that um i am old and getting to brooklyn seems daunting every time i think about doing it so you're in am i wrong by saying you're in washington heights Did I uh, i'm in harlem you're close harlem. i have lived in washington heights for sure amazing um and it, i mean it's just true there's just like more options and opportunities in brooklyn to do queer comedy essentially mm-hmm. um so i just have to get my ass out there is really the long of the short i was gonna like come up with some like beautiful thing but like a beautiful metaphor yeah don't worry <laughs> hey hey baby we got 50 minutes so if it comes to you 45 <laughs> minutes later you should move to brooklyn that's literally every time i see someone from manhattan i'm like have you considered moving to brooklyn you you do real estate on the side i do i do i try not to tell people that but it's like if you use when you're checking out your house if you use code word bottom rights um, <laughs> i i get like 10 percent of the, the whatever what is that word what of is the, but it's like broker fee is what you're describing oh my God. yeah as you can tell i'm really good at my job thank you thank yeah, you thank you, you know what you hosted you hosted your show you did your show you have right to have brain fog for sure Thank you, thank you, thank you. 
Um, Sunset, I want to talk to you about something very uh, special. Yes. I want to talk about Glee. Oh, God. Thank God someone (laughs) brought it up, finally. How Um, was Glee brought into your world? uh, So, I was a young boy in high school, famously uh, was gay, Mm -hmm. and I had a brother, two of which, um, and I have a dad, famously, who are heterosexual. Wow. And they were watching this show and they loved this show and I, they were watching all of it and I'd walk by the TV and be like, what the fuck are you watching? I, you know, didn't pay attention. They finally sit me down and they go, listen, we have been watching this show and we think you're going to love it. It's called Glee. And I was like, okay, I'll check it out. I watched the first season. It changed me. It literally all, when I tell you Leah Michelle and Idina Menzel doing uh, Poker Face, but doing like the the little, the like toned down version, altered my brain chemistry. I had no idea that the lyrics were I'm marvelous and maybe they're not until that version. Oh, it, it was, I didn't realize how much depth was in that song, mm-hmm. how raw, how vulnerable until famous performer Idina Menzel and Leah Michelle uh, did it. it. It was fucking so good. And now I'm hooked. And it, basically the closest people in my life right now are people I've met through loving Glee or having conversations about Glee, which, God, I wish I was a fucking joke. Hey. I wish I was a joke, but. we So Glee came out as I was going to college. And um, I remember the pilot came out like earlier than everything else. And was played at theaters, and I didn't grow up doing show choir, but I was like, this is kind of similar to like what we did at theater competitions, so I'll go check it out. And of course, was hooked. I think Ryan Murphy does really good first seasons, and oh, then sure. after that, it's like, who the fuck knows what's going to happen? <laughs> um, but I remember seeing it, and then I remember like showing up to my dorm freshman year of college, going from Oregon to Illinois, ready to go, and my RA had like creeped on i guess we only really had facebook at the time um and saw that i liked glee so they like got me glee like i have like a glee foam finger what they made me like the the little l glee sign with my name on it and i like liked glee but i was like i guess this is in your name right i was like i guess this is (laughs) my identifier i was also straight and i was like um please don't um I don't know. No, I don't. No. Yeah, don't talk about this. I'm just here for Leah Michelle. <laughs> yeah. And her sexy Leah Michelle-ness. Yeah, she's so hot. To me. To me. Sexually. <laughs> I love her. So what, now my big question is, as a straight college student, mm-hmm, how the fuck were you? <laughs> which, first off, we'll unpack that later. <laughs> but how did you... And I understand Facebook. I'm on Facebook. Were you posting like, just watched Glee, loved it? Or did you like the page? Did you like, how did they look through your Facebook profile and think, this straight man loves mm-hmm. Glee? What what on your profile gave that away? So I was giving away signs that I might not be straight as I did do musical theater for my entire life. Not to say that that makes you gay, because people come in all different shapes, sizes, and interests. However, absolutely, this was 2009. It was a different time. 
And then I I truly went to like a pre-screener showing of Glee before it was out with like theater friends. So there <sighs> was a photo of me being like, Glee's going to be great. Did you go with a girlfriend? Like what was that? Absolutely. Oh, oh, I man. I dated so I have had so many girlfriends and honestly have never called a man my boyfriend. What? That is I insane. Know. Can I ask? Do you mind talking about Go that? For on it. Yeah, we could talk about it. Yeah. How long have you been? How long have you been out? When did you come out? I think I heard. Did, was it your sophomore year of college? I'm so bad at doing research. Oh, you don't have to research me. I should research you. Oh. Um, I um, yeah, I came out December of my freshman year of college so what i've been out like? it was fine i um got lucky my best friend still to this day came out when he was 12 and my parents are famously very young so like they're newly 50 um so it was kind of like a a catch-all of i still had all those built-up barriers you have before you come out of like of course Oh, I don't want this to be the only thing about me. Da, 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 da. And now it's the only thing I think about. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I think I I came out and then I had this like terrible habit of falling for people I was like really close to as my friends and then moved to the city and then like haven't really actually been interested in dating. Oh, I think that is. So, yeah, I, I think that's a common occurrence with queer men moving to the city. It's just like you get here and and you immediately hit the ground running and you're doing so much that second like someone's showing interest in you and whatever you're like i cannot i mm-hmm. I, have to, I have to write my comedy sketch i can't have anal sex with you right now so like i i totally get that i think i've been on i've been in the city i just celebrated my one year about a week ago being in the oh city oh my god congrats thank you and i've been on i think three dates total and they've all been like months apart and they were all just one date, never saw them again. I mean, more power to you. I'm also not an app dater. I'm not, I've never actually like used them for that. Definitely an app hookup person for mm-hmm. sure. Um, so I guess maybe I've only viewed boys as transactional for a long time. Ooh, and we you can know? unpack that if you want to. But... Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I used Grinder one time since I've been in the city, but it's just like, it's, setting up for the whole process it's just you get there and you're like it's just simply not worth it simply not worth it we could die we could die (laughs) and for reasons unrelated i you could get hit by a bus Mm. on your way here and 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 that has to be on me you could (laughs) you could trip and break an arm on the way here i could just die from asphyxiation or something yeah you know so why have sex when you should cherish the moments you have alive with each other. You should put that on cards. Definitely greeting cards. Thank for you. Sure. That's, that, that's what I plan to do. That was actually my reason why you like this. Um, because <laughs> I'm not going to have sex. I'm going to love my life. I'm going to love Sorry. my fucking, fucking life. life. Oh, um, but congratulations on coming out. Oh my Yay. God. Thank you so much. Yeah. It, it's, um, I'm happy that your parents are great young people. And I'm glad your transition was, I assume, easy. Or not, not easy. I guess it's an inherently a difficult thing, but. Easier than most, for sure. For sure, for yeah. sure. Um, were you an out youth, like youth youth? Um, I, it's, 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 it's kind of a funny story. Mm. Um, I, I think I came out when I was like 12 or 13, but it wasn't like out, out. 
we always watch. I was watching my weekly Dancing with the Stars with my mom and dad. It was me and my mom and dad, which first off, faggot. But uh, <laughs> like, obviously, but I was watching it with them. And I, I there's like a point when like my whole mental health journey started and I knew things were weird and I was responding to things weirder in my life. And as I was starting to understand my queerness, I was like, this might, this might be related to why I'm feeling this way. So I sat down with them and I, and I obviously fucking cried. And I was like, I think I'm like that judge. And they're like, what do you mean? And it was like, Bruno, who's the gay, the Aww. gay, over the top, beautiful judge. And they're like, oh, my dad was literally like, girl, we know. Um, <laughs> my dad is 71 right now, 72 maybe. And my mom, and my mom is like earliest 60s. And I'm just so lucky that they are wicked, like, Unfortunately, I would have voted. I would have voted for Obama a third time if I could. Like really mm, great yes, 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 yes. Um, so it's really easy. Um, and a lot of my family are kind of. I do go to family functions, and I'm the gay cousin, and they're like seeing anyone, any girls, and it's one of those like, all right, girl, get with the script. But um, yeah, it's been pretty great. Being in Florida was a little crazy. I was one of the three gay kids in my high school that were out and like knew about it. Mm-hmm. Um. And then yeah. there's like that weird like, well you're gay and they're gay, so why aren't you together? And you're like, I don't think it works. We that don't way. like we don't like anything the same. Yeah, we are not the same person in any way. But and and obviously because when you like finally come out, there's that like your your dynamic in life shifts, and all your and whether you want to admit it or not, your dynamics of male people in your life shift in ways and start feeling things and you have to start feeling it like do i love you do i like you do i just want to hook up with you am i horny am i desperate so that definitely happened a lot during my college years and i ran for people and chased after people who were absolutely garbage to me yeah it's a it's a thing i can probably say it's a phase it's certainly a phase yeah (laughs) um i can probably say now that i am 23 that no man has control of my life. Oh my god! Oh my god! They're giving oh me god. standing ovation outside. I don't know if you can. Oh see my god! It. Brooklyn is so supportive. They're they started a parade outside they're your like, window. They're clapping out. They're clapping outside the windows like I'm a nurse during COVID. Oh my god! <laughs> hold on, hold on. Shut up, you guys! Shut up! I'm so sorry. That's happening, right? Oh my gosh, that is a beautiful, beautiful moment. Um, remember <laughs> when we all just stopped clapping for nurses? I wasn't. I wasn't in the city when that happened. I so wish. <laughs> I so wish I was. I so wish I was. I would have been. Out, you know, would have been on my Instagram story, being like, <laughs> "I would have loved." It's so camp. I would have loved that so much. It was like, yes, we're essential workers. Here's all your clapping. No coverage, though. Sorry about it. <laughs> we're not going to do anything important, but feel. Listen to my palms. Smash my other palms. <laughs> Thanks for all you do. It is funny as I as I like think back to coming out as well, because I, you know, I was in theater school, but it's a very small school. And as I think back to those times, I'm like, yeah, I was out. I was, you know, I was with people, whatever, but it was still like very heteronormatively focused and it was a small school. So there were maybe 10 or 12 gay men on campus and most of them were in my class and if I dated you know Andy in our five-person musical theater class and things did not go well like 
it all had this like extended repercussion thing on it yeah um and i have this like wonderful thing in my brain where no matter what i'm doing i will think six steps ahead and be like well this is how it could totally end in disaster yep 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 very familiar very familiar very fun super (laughs) great um so it wasn't really until the city that i like settled i think into like being gay and what that means for me individually and what that means for the things i like and the things i want to do and and instead of being like i'm gay but i'm like not that gay you know right of course well you're doing a kick-ass job and from a first impression you are a queer man who has fucking control of your life so I would have never thought you had any issues. Oh so, my god, I yeah. tricked you. You tricked me so fucking hard. <laughs> it is crazy. It's You move to the city and it's such a stereotypical gay boy story to be like, and now there's so many gay people like me. But it, it to this day, I've been in a city for a year. Mm-hmm. And the amount of gay people that it would be in one room blows my fucking mind. It's such an isolate, especially in Florida. It's so isolating to be like, oh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm gay, hope you know no one else is like me that's my trait that's my thing yeah now it feels like everyone's stealing my bit in the (laughs) best way possible i i think i talked about this on last week's episode but i i truly like if i'm gonna go up and do something my first thought when i see another gay comedian is like oh fuck (laughs) we're gonna say the same thing and then it happens and of course we're not gonna say the same thing but it's just like you're con you're conditioned so they're still celebrating me they're still celebrating (laughs) you have you have that in your in your mind and it it doesn't it goes away eventually as you like continue to stay in these spaces but like it'll still be very special to be in a room full of queer people and to not have to explain a comment or uh essentially just like explain yourself to a room yeah um when there's just collective understanding underneath it it allows people to like shine in the way that is like more than what their identifier in the room is. Absolutely. I know. What a beautiful fucking way to put that. Wow. I, that use that as your sound clip, write that shit down. <laughs> wow. So when did you realize you're hilarious? Oh, uh, God, people need to start asking me that question more. <laughs> um, I, um, I, I was definitely the, I like the stereotypical class guy in middle school and um, I was bullied a lot obviously be gay and you know classic hot. and I remember hot if yeah. you were bullied in high school you're fucking hot now you're hot now that um, I, I started to respond negatively I started to respond like kind of in a like you throw sand at my face I'll throw fucking more back at you mm-hmm. um, and then I realized I fucking need a way to handle it and I started being exposed to how comedy is this tool of like it allows people to it opens up to empathy far more than something like drama does because there's something so you know, like babies come out and of their you know the womb and they're laughing and it's like one of the initial human reactions so I fell in love with making bitches laugh fell in love with it and that became like my coping mechanism my whole life my identity um and I was like, fuck, what's wrong with this? And I think I knew by the time I was a junior in high school, I was like, I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do with my life, but I, 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 it's going to be comedy and I want to make people laugh. So I love that. I guess, I guess when I got bullied, I realized I was really <laughs> fucking funny. So. Well, and there's like, there's a, a pipeline. I similarly was like this where 
I was mean. I was like, yes, I was saying things that made people around me laugh, but it was like very at the expense of another person because I've always been very quick witted and sharp. And I didn't really understand how you can use that in a way that isn't like bullying another person. Um, But it definitely came out of a like, don't look at me, look at them kind of scenario. Absolutely. Absolutely. That I think a lot of queer people share. Exactly. And I think that the whole caricature of sassy gay stems from that because we, what, like, we're kind of, I mean, queer men in, in areas, like, areas I grew up in, like, become hunting dogs, where it's, like, a, a dog that is inherently cute and sweet is, like, trained and conditioned into being sharp and witted and, like, well, let me fucking show you what I can do. And I think it, was, it wasn't until probably college where I was like, wait, you're mean and you make people feel bad and you're doing this because you feel bad. Get the fuck over yourself. So, um, and that's, I like made a promise to myself where all of my jokes are going to be like, not a punch down at someone else. Like if I'm calling someone fat, it's going to be myself. And if you're making fun of people who can't drive, it's going to be making fun of yourself. And, and that's kind of the mantra I walk with. Um, but then you see people like Dave, Dave Chappelle make such quick and smart comedy <laughs> about bullying other people and being so freaking cool by doing it that I'm like, maybe I start bullying people again. Maybe I should just give up on this nice mantra I have and punch down. Yes. Punch down. Thank you. Thank you. Actually, hold on. What time is it? 1 1 p.m. October 28th. I solemnly promise to start punching down more. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to, that clip is going to haunt me in five years. <laughs> oh god no it's it's wild i think it also comes from like an odd performance of masculinity where it's like i i'm not the biggest and i'm i'm not gonna physically scare people away from you know coming at me for being gay which is so crazy that these thoughts are in my mind because i was not bullied i was not like I have not been in a situation where I have been physically in danger for being gay. Um, okay, brag. Bragging. Okay. <laughs> bragging. Um, but it, it's just like intrinsically there that I was like, I, I have to use this to assert some sort of dominance for so long. And it's just like the fact that you got there at 23, honey, you're leaps and bounds ahead of me. So like, mm-hmm. keep going. You People like you paved the way. That's people true. like I, you paved the way. I threw the first brick at Stonewall, actually. Oh, I like I did research on your Wikipedia page and yeah. it said that, and I was like, "There's no way." And I did research. Yeah, actually, it was you. When yeah, did you realize you were hilarious? Um, I was. Well, it's like kind of two parted because I grew up doing theater and I went to theater school and I still do theater as a profession. Um, but theater school in my experience is a lot of telling people what they are and who they are without listening. Mm -hmm. And I was, I always knew that I like, if I show up to a party, I know that I can run that town. Like I know that I am engaging and funny and witty. And I've known that since high school, I'm guessing, but I was told a lot throughout training that that, wasn't like a special thing that like it just wasn't something to explore so I didn't really realize that 
my funny can be cultivated in a way that like I create it, I control it, and I can share it to the world. Mm-hmm. Um, until maybe like I was twenty seven. Oh wow! Yeah, I just always was like I'm funny off the cuff. I'm really great in moments. If you give me a script, I can interpret it in a funny way. But I never really took the create your own work vibe um, in a positive and affirming way until definitely my late 20s. Oh, my God. Yeah. How long have you been doing comedy since you're 27? Uh, Were you doing comedy a little bit before? A little uh, around 27. I mean, 28 is when uh, we went to lockdown. And then uh, now we're here. So. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I think I literally did my first mic like January 2020. Oh, wow. Yeah. Holy shit. Like I uh, stood up like people were making COVID jokes and I it didn't. I, You know, I'm smarter than that. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, I just really liked it. I really love it. I love feeling in control of it. I love it's messy i love the people so far that i've met so i caught the bug yeah no yeah caught the bug that is something and this is so annoying to say but like oh my god i cannot believe how fucking nice and sweet and fucking talented everyone in the scene is it is like these people who have like some of which i followed on social media for years you meet them and you're like oh fucking great you're so funny you're gorgeous so hot and you're just fucking nice. Like, fuck, fuck. Um, and there's a, it's the worst. And there's no gatekeeping. Um, boo. Boo. <laughs> I was boo. promised gatekeeping. I know. I'm so mad. Um, but going back to what you're saying about, um, like, like, theater school and how that affected you. I was, like, the gay in theater school. And I was a funny gay. And I remember theater school... And, and I guess theater education in general, and almost kind of arts education, but I can't really speak on that whole topic, um, just like shoehorns you into this identity that because of you, they put you, they fit you in the shoes that people have worn before and, and say mm-hmm. go. But like sometimes the shoes just don't fucking fit. And a lot of times I'd be in high school or college and I'd get these, e- or I'd get these like, um, you know, roles or recommendations or notes. I would be like, you know, you, you got a little emotional there, but you're the funny guy. Be funny. And it fucked me up for real in my personal life where I was like, okay, if you're the funny man, you can't feel genuine emotions, mm-hmm. which if, if you know me on any level, you know, I'm the most fucking emotional person on this earth. So like, should I just not be emotional in front of people? And that's, that's kind of in college, the idea of representation, right? Which is meant the world to me. And now my goal is to just fucking put gay people everywhere i want there to be so many fucking gay characters and and villains and i want there to be a horror movie where the main character just happens to be gay so there's so young people like us can grow up and be like okay i can be like that person i don't have to be like the josh gad stereotype that someone played or the sassy gay who sounds you know it's just a person who just because they're gay doesn't mean they're one specific way so hundred percent yeah theater school fucked me up yeah that you know it yeah it's not great <laughs> yeah it's not great it's not great uh yeah we both made it all alive and look at us now chatting on mics ah an honor and a privilege professionalism <laughs> so you are warm lovely creative 
lover of glee, just genuinely kind. And I have to ask you, why are you like this? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Openness. I talked to my roommates before this a little bit and was like, if you could talk or if you could tell me why I'm like this, what would you say? And a lot of words were thrown around, a lot of things happened. But one thing that my roommate said really stuck with me and kind of like, ooh, kind of like got me a little emotional. And I think a big reason of why I am who I am today is because I am so, so lactose intolerant. Uh, and, yeah. and and that which lactose intolerance is inherently queer. 100%. It's part of the queer identity for sure. And I I, I realized that it taught me how sometimes the biggest things you take a risk for are going to be the most beautiful things in your life. You know it's going to come back to haunt you and you know what it could become, <laughs> but you have no idea how beautiful it can be. So eat that fucking scoop of ice cream, Go dip on. that nacho and grab the cheese because you never know. It might become your next favorite meal. <laughs> so gather around children, come to the table and let's fucking eat some cheese. So that, I think that's a big, big part of my identity. 10 of 10. No notes. Oh my God. Lactose intolerance. Right? Are you lactose intolerant? No, I don't drink milk. Okay, brag, but boo. But boo. I don't drink regular milk because I don't know who does that, but I'm also only (laughs) only 5'3", so like maybe that happened. Um, 
Yeah, no, but learning learning um how you learned tolerance essentially through tolerance, your in, yes. through your intolerance. It taught me to take risks. It taught me to live in a moment. It taught me tolerance. It taught me that Ben and Jerry's uh, vegan ice cream is better than the actual one, but we don't have to unpack that now. This is um, true. Yeah, it is. And I, I just, I, I could go on forever about how much this concept means to me and how blessed and thankful I am. But then you're probably going to think, okay, we get it, Mr. Privilege. You're lactose intolerant. So I won't, <laughs> I won't, I'll get off my soapbox for a bit. It but, is a great pl- privilege to not be able to digest any anything really. Thank you. It's also it's crazy because I'm I'm lactose intolerant and I'm I'm for the most part vegan. I go on and off sometimes depending on where I'm at. I'm vegan. I'm sober, and people probably hear me and hear me say that they're like, "Oh, you must not be fun at parties." And it's like, also, well, also you're forgetting that I'm also like fucking insufferable. So you know that's actually why I'm not fun at parties, but. <laughs> It has nothing to do with anything else. Yeah, no, it it is interesting in the city, um, especially as things are open. Because like, I truly don't have any issue being around somebody who's drinking, and I don't have a problem being at bars. But I do find myself, as I am meeting new people or going on dates, overcompensating for that. So it'll be like, hey, do you want to meet for drinks? Yeah, I don't drink, but you can drink. It's totally fine if you drink. I just don't drink for like my own reasons. I didn't actually kill a person, but I just like don't drink. So it's like, it's okay. I smoke weed a lot, but like that, I'm still cool. Like, you know, and you don't have to do that, but it just happens. Like I don't have to prove to anybody what, what I think is good for my body and what I don't think is good for my body. It just is. But for some reason, when it comes to alcohol, in New York City specifically, I think it's because most of our activities revolve around bars. I, it's definitely been something that I've had to like learn to just calmly be like, I don't drink. I am happy to go to drinks with you. That's the end of the statement. <laughs> Period. Period. Like, like, are you going to come see me for drinks or not? Ignore. I've learned... I, I try to do this thing, like, if I'm meeting someone up for something or and they say, let's go grab drinks, I try to not tell them I'm sober. But I had, and, and like, not even bring it up, so, because I don't want them to be like, okay, this is something I need to be working into it. So I just try not to mention it. Um, but then one time I didn't mention it, and someone's like, oh, I went ahead and got you a glass of wine. I was like, fuck. So I was like, all right, you have to, you have to, you have to uh, readjust how you come at this. So... I, I'd be like coffee or drinks is what I say now. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of how I do it. And I, and I've gotten better about not being like, I almost badly enough encourage my friends to drink. I'm like, Oh yeah. I'm you I'm like, now for you sure. go crazy. Like yeah. you go crazy so hard. I'll be here the whole way through the whole way through. Um, and sometimes people are like, is it cool if I drink? Like, is it cool if I grab another drink? And I'm like, I'm like, yes, go, go. In fact, grab two for yourself. I don't even care. Go freaking crazy. Um, it's hard. It's hard being sober. People. I'll actively be like, I'll be like, everyone should do shots. Y'all should do shots. And they're like, you are not gonna do a shot. And I'm like, yeah, but you should have fun. You like, I'm having fun. fun. You should have fun. Um, whenever people are like, can can we do shots? I have to be like, oh, I actually don't drink. And they always go, oh. Oh no! I'm so sorry. As if like they shoved, they grabbed a needle, shoved fucking vodka in my arm. Like mm-hmm. it's fine. No, it's fine. It's I I I I don't know. Like I 
I wish you had something more prolific to say to be like, to all those who love a sober person. <laughs> but I haven't, that journey for me hasn't ended yet. So I. Who knows? Who knows? Can I ask? It, and you don't have to, but can I ask why you stopped drinking? Um, It just wasn't serving. Like the day that I stopped drinking was like a totally normal day. I actually went to a gin tasting and had like a grown up experience. Um. Because I've worked okay. in service for Back a long again. time. I know. I'm very evolved. Um, <laughs> I've worked in service for a really long time, and I do genuinely like to be um, obnoxious and, like, taste great food and, like, drinks and beverages and, you know. Of course. So I went to this gin tasting, and I got done, and I was like, well, that just, like, wasn't worth it. And then when I think back on the times that I was drunk, like, really drunk, I'm not nice and I don't remember. And so I was like removed from the city at the time that this was happening. And I was like, you know what? Now's the time to do it. I'm already not there. I already don't have this need to be the life of the party. Like I kind of had built my personality around like, if you want to drink at noon, like I am your guy because I will do it. And it's totally fine if that's the way people live, but like I had made that such an important part of me that I was scared that if I stopped, I would lose friends. Mm. Um, which wasn't the case. Uh, and for some people it is the case, but yeah, for me, it was just like, you know what? When I've gone out and I go drinking, I'm constantly taking this very big risk that I will black out and that I will fight a friend and fight venomously and maybe i just don't want to do that <laughs> maybe that's not <laughs> worth it i don't know why i'm thinking that way yeah can i ask so for me that's why i stopped uh two years oh my god what fucking congratulations yeah um and yeah i'm no saint i like dabble in other things but they don't affect me the same way that alcohol does and that's my business so um yeah i think in my first year i was very like intent on like driving home that fact but it's my body and my choice so yes yes <laughs> good to be well fucking congratulations you're a rock Thank star you. for that an inspiration to sober gaze everywhere i try i try um well we are getting to that point of the pod where i ask all my guests do you have any questions for me oh so many so many so many so many um what <sighs> How, well, let's just start off. How are you, Ryan? I'm good. I'm honestly really good. I worked last night. I worked this really cool event for the Trans Advocacy Awards. Um, for this company called. Thank you. No, I didn't do anything. Um, <laughs> I was very low on the totem pole for that one, but um, for this company called Tildef that like works to help trans people deal with getting their names legally changed and like great, wonderful wonderful room to be in talk about us just talking about being in a room full of gay men like the happiness that was exuding from all these trans people being in a room of trans people was infectious so i'm still kind of riding that high today i did some writing that always feels good um yeah no complaints today Solid day. oh yeah um yeah. what kind of music is getting you through the days nowadays like Adele's new single how's that making you feel how are you feeling about like the new 
Just music. Just go. Just you go. Music. <laughs> um, I think I have a strange relationship with Adele in that I don't actually listen to her to be sad. Like, I just think that it's, like, lush-sounding, rich, vocal music. I understand mm-hmm. that the the basis is a lot of sadness. But, like, I can listen to 21 and not cry, which apparently is not what people do on Twitter. A hot take. Um Okay, brag again. bragging again. Just bragging the whole pod. <laughs> I am a huge Swifty. Yeah. And so the red re-release is coming around the bend. I'm excited for my four vinyl set to appear. What? Four vinyl? Oh, I guess it is like it is like 30 songs, isn't it? Yeah. She was <laughs> like, I'm releasing everything. And I'm like, okay, girl. Amazing. I'll, Congratulations. I'll um, and then I turned 30, so now it's um, it's in the gay contract. I listen to Kylie Minogue now. <laughs> that is kind of, <laughs> that is like a legal obligation to like, you're 30, you're Kylie Minogue stan now. Yeah. I tried listening. I'm not even kidding. This is not real. You can ask anybody. I tried listening to Kylie Minogue on my Spotify and it said blocked. It said blocked. Apparently Kylie Minogue blocked me and it said I have like seven years before I can listen to that music. And I was like, well, yeah. that's a shame. But She knows her fan base and she's really, she is the gatekeeper. Of, Good um, for her. Good you know, for her. Good for her. We need more of those. Is she releasing new music? Sure. She, she released an album over, uh, over pandemic called Magic her disco album which is fun and a good time but yeah i've been like walking around and everything is so sad everything is so heavy these days you know like can't go outside pandemic you know um and sometimes you just need to like walk to music that's made to make you feel good yes i love that that's one of my favorite things about about pop music and that's why sarah and i have like kind of connected for this 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 like pop music project it's because I, during the worst times in my life, during like the lowest absolute points, you think would be music that elicits like an empathetic response, like like Brandy Carlisle you listen to, and, mm. and she's so vulnerable and so, and those beautiful fucking harmonies that are, and she talks about such hard topics, you make that's what you want to listen to her, Adele. But it's people like Carly Rae Jepsen and, and Chloe and Halle and Rena and, and uh, Maggie Rogers who just fucking... Mm-hmm get you up i maggie rogers heard it in a past life album i like went through the like worst breakup of my life my first like breakup my worst breakup and her music that has this like and this is me knowing no music knowledge even though i'm literally making music right now i don't know like in technical terms but it, it, it like you can like feel it in your shoulders like the music plays and you like kind of know how the song makes you want to move and it forces you to move and Ah, it's fucking incredible. It is like so incredible. That album is because it's a beautiful mix. And I'm stealing this from an interview that she was talking about this, where she, she being Maggie Rogers, <laughs> spent time in France and like really loved like French house music and was like, how do I mix that sound with folk essentially? And that's how we got Heard It in a Past Life. And because like those lyrics and those songs are actually very haunting and like if back in my body catches me off guard on a on a shuffle like i will cry like i i do think it's like a beautiful beautiful story about for me it's about like giving up alcohol and like getting back in my body you know but also i am dancing and it's moving my shoulders and when someone can do that i'm like oh chef's kiss 
after laughter that the paramore album um mm-hmm. I was like, oh my god crazy shit our most recent album because i was i know because it was like a while ago yeah um was really um really fucking powerful in my like development and how i perceive art and the fact that i think the tagline was like dance so hard they don't notice your tears or something or like something along that lines and and um fake happy is such a haunting song the lyrics are i'm fucking faking it all none of this is real i'm in such a bad place but the song moves so much it was like like dichotomy and what the the sonics were and and what the lyrics were fucking blew my fucking mind Haley um, Williams will forever be a crush of mine, for sure. Oh, for sure, for sure, for, for sure, sure, for sure. Haley Williams, sure. if you're listening, which I'm sure you are, um, <laughs> I love you. Thank you for everything you do. Um, anyways, where's that new Paramore album? Second plug. Second HBO plug. Max and Paramore. HBO Max <laughs> and Paramore. Um, anyways, see you in Florida, I guess, Haley Williams. And and that was an improv trick where I brought it all the way back around, back to Florida. Call back. That's what? Call what else back. do I have? What else? I have so many questions. I'm trying to like think what's the most interesting one. Um, oh gosh. And can you cut this part? Like sure. cut this part so it looks like I hop right into. It. Or maybe. Oh yeah, maybe, absolutely. Or maybe. Or maybe. Don't, or maybe leave it. We'll maybe see. leave it because now I'm like covering myself pretty well. But um, what? So we're about to enter a new year, and you just kind of recently turned thirty. Am I incorrect? I did recently turn 30, yeah. I think I heard on the last episode I listened to, you're like, I'm about to turn 30, and, and now you're saying you are 30, so I assume it's for 30. Yes. Are you a Libra? Oh, I turned 30 in August. I am a Leo. Oh, wow. Leo. Oh, my first, my first, like, the boy, the first boy I ever talked to was Leo. Oh, my God. And he ruined my fucking life, so. Well. Noted. Yeah. Watching. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, so 2022 is about to come up. What is, when that year ends... What does Ryan Andrews, where where does he want to see himself? What does he want to accomplish by that point? Yeah, I think I I think I'm I don't have a, an answer, by the way, so yeah. no pressure. I think I want to be in a writer's room. Oh, gorgeous. And I know that's like everybody wants to be in a writer's room. Cool. I'm talking about my dreams. Like, get <laughs> on it. Um, <laughs> But I do think that I have unlocked this like blockage I had in my brain of being unable to create because as a theater artist and an actor, your main job is to interpret and then you're constantly told that you're replaceable. So it like doesn't really make you feel like an artist. Of course. Um, and I feel the most like an artist when I'm writing and I love being in rooms and laughing. So I just feel like that should happen for me in my life. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> and that should happen in 2022. All right. I believe are there any um are there any like shows or teams or something you'd be honored to be a part of or you're like you're shooting for? I I mean I would love to just be booked on a show. That would be great. <laughs> um and beyond that, I I don't know. I like making my own stuff. It's just like learning in a new way. I mean I feel behind and I feel also very young. So it's like an odd space to live in, but also like, fuck it. Like 
I'm going to die at 900. So I have so much time to do something. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I think uh, the, the main ringer I have with a lot of and the main, like the common occurrence I have in so many different conversations with a lot of like artists and comedians and peers in our circle is that whole, I feel behind. I feel like I should be somewhere else. And I think that just comes from that human trait of fucking comparison and mm-hmm. what someone else has, what you don't have. And I'm just, I'm trying to shut that bitch up. But it's also similar where I'm like, you're doing so well for 23. But it's also like, but Lord wrote melodrama when she was 19 <laughs> and on fire. So it's like, it's like this fucking awful game of having faith in yourself. And I'm just trying to, I, I can't remember who told me, but someone said, I was like having a classic breakdown, which classic artist move. Mm. And I was like feeling imposter syndrome. And they're like, imposter syndrome is just, when you're living in your dreams and your body doesn't know what to fucking do with it. So I'm just trying to be the way I approach people. I I've stopped. I, people used to be like, what do you do? And I used to be like, I'm a, I'm like, I'm a comedian. But now I'm like, I'm a, com- I'm a comedian. Yeah. Ooh. I write jokes. Comedian. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I hope that helped. <laughs> I, hope that I helped feel great. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. This has been just a lovely, lovely conversation. Thank you for taking the time to be on the pod thank you so much for having me this has literally been the best hour of my life where can the children find you um okay you can find me on vinny v-i-n-n-i-e underscore draw on instagram vinny i-e underscore draw on instagram um vwar 98 on twitter on tiktok follow external validation we're coming back to the Bell House on January. Um, f- listen to this fucking podcast. Read a book. Take care of yourself. Stay warm. That's all I have. Oh, I love it. Well, I cannot wait for m- more and more of your creative genius to flourish. Thank you, Ryan. You're so sweet. Aw, Thank you. thanks. <laughs> Until next time, y'all. Bye. Bye. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.